more person that we need to honor and celebrate that is um, so valuable, that have been working so hard with such excellence and a huge chart, and that is, of course, the Bible School Director, Whitney Andelius. Can we honor, can you come up here? Uh, yes, come up here. Yes. We, we are so happy for you and proud of you. We love you so much, Whitney. And the team got you a small gift. Uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Don't we love Whitney? Huh? Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Let me see before I get into the message. Who is here for the first time today? Can I see? Wow, yes. Wonderful. You are guests of honor today. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being here and get ready because I believe that you're here for a reason and that God has something very special for you today. And I'm going to speak to our students and I'm going to speak to everyone else that is not a student. That means that I will speak to all of you. Uh, but I'm, I will speak especially with the students in mind because this year you have laid a foundation that you will have with you for the rest of your life. And thinking about foundation, reading about foundations, I've been just thinking about when, when I was growing up, when I was a teenager, we were building a house. or my, my dad was building a house, but that included all of us, the whole family. We were building a house. And I actually have, have a picture. This is the house that my, my dad was building. It's in between two, oh. <laughs> between two lakes in the forest in Småland. And it's a beautiful place. And we really enjoy going there in the summer with a family, having a week down there, just enjoying it. It's, it's very nice. And there's a lot of people that are visiting that are giving a lot of compliments for the house. But what no one is seeing and what no one is complimenting it is for the foundation. And I remember when we were building that foundation, it took forever. First of all, my dad is not a carpenter, so he was reading books about how to build a house. And when, when we were making that foundation, he had us all helping out measuring it. Two th I, I don't know, we don't have the statistics like Whitney had before, but I think it was one number around 6,000 something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making it up. No, don't worry. But I feel like that's how many times we were measuring it. We were measuring it, measuring it, measuring it so much. It was so much work with a foundation. And in one way now, I, you almost regret that we made a foundation because you think like no one is seeing it. Uh, but before we were putting concrete into it, you needed someone to come and, and inspect the foundation that it was done right. And they came and my dad was nervous because he had never done it before. And when they came controlling it, after a while he was just laughing. And my dad was thinking that I really messed up. But he said that I have never seen as exact made foundation in my life. And I'm working with measuring foundations. I've never seen it. Because he was so careful with how, how, how it was done. And, and I feel like, you know, in the Bible it's written that heaven and earth will disappear. But I believe that his house will never ever disappear. It's going to stand through whatever trial that is coming. It's going to stand. My friend, today I, I want to preach about built to last. Built to last. And I have a beautiful castle here. We were 
visiting Billy and Hannah in the church. They are renting this castle and have a cafe and restaurant there during the summer. So if you haven't been there, you should go there. I tell you, I'm making some promotion here. Because they were having us a nice dinner there yesterday night. So I just feel like I have to pay something back. Uh, and I'm having it because when I was in there, I saw that it, this is built for around 1,000 years ago. 1,000 years ago, but it's standing. Because they made a really good foundation. If there is something we need in the age we are living in, it is things that last. Most things doesn't last nowadays. I am longing when someone can just make a phone that lasts. I mean, you pay a lot of money for it, and it lasts maybe two years, and then you're like, I need a new one, and you get something that everything looks exactly the same. And you're like, why doesn't what we have last? I'm longing for a car that lasts. Really? God, I'm longing for a car that lasts. And I think we're all longing for a relationship that lasts, right? It's something that nowadays is falling apart much more than it did before. We have lost an art of building things that last. Things is often built today to break so that you will get something new. But I think that deep inside of us, we all want to build something that lasts. And when I came to Jesus, when I was 17 years old and my life was being changed, that was the biggest thing. I felt like I'm now part of something that is eternal. I'm part of something that can never ever be taken away from me. I'm getting a hope that no one can steal. You can take everything I own. I can lose everything I have. But I have something that no one can take away. I have something I know it's going to last. And you as Bible school students, you've been laying a foundation for a year. And I've seen, I've been around Bible school for it's 15 years ago since I was to Bible school, and I've seen people that the Bible school graduation is their peak of the Christian life. What they've been experiencing for a year, it's the peak. It's like the ceiling. They, they never go further than that day. But then I've seen many people that it's not the ceiling, it's the foundation. It is what you have under your feet. We're not like going down for landing, but we're going for a takeoff. And if you take what you have been taught this year... And let that be your foundation. You're going to stand upon that. And you're going to build something so much further. When I was to Bible school, I have decided that I'm never going to be one of those people that go a year in Bible school, are on fire for God, and six months later are back to where they were before. I decided it's never, ever going to be me. I'm going to use what I have received. And I've been trying to live that way. And I want to challenge you students with that today. It can be... Your ceiling or it can be your foundation. You choose. And I'm going to speak to all of you others as well. Because I think that there's a lot of people here. You have built a foundation over the years. You have received so much. And you decide. Is that the foundation? Or have you already reached your highest peak in your Christian life? It's up to you. And Jesus is giving a lot of instruction. Maybe you're also here. And you are new to church. Or you're here to celebrate someone that is graduating. And you're like, what is this all about? I'm going, if you just follow along, I'm going to teach you what it's all about. Because Jesus is the foundation for us. And actually, there is three points I want to give to you about building something that lasts. And don't worry. I haven't invented myself. I took it from the Bible. So I have a good source. The first point is this, you need to count the cost. You need to count the cost before you start to build. And Jesus says this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 14. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. 
won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you and saying this person began to build but was not able to finish it. One of the most famous tower in the world is probably the Leaning Tower in Pisa, right? And it's famous because they didn't do the homework right. It took them 199 years to build it. And it was probably because they haven't really been calculating the cost before they started to build it. And they had not really done the proper work. It was too much mud in the foundation. So before it was finished, it was already leaning 5.5 degrees. And the top, they were actually trying to straighten it up a bit. But they couldn't straighten up the whole tower. We are coming there eight, almost 800 years or 700 years later laughing at it because someone was building a tower without counting the cost. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Jesus keeps on going and, and I want to read this too because I don't know how many, how many have ever built a tower or are planning to build a tower. Oh, not, not many people. Uh, but this text applies to more than, than tower. It says that, Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Want to first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the coming, uh, the coming, the one coming against him with 20,000. If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Jesus is not really speaking about tower or war. And I don't think any one of us should plan to... You can build a tower, but don't start a war. Um, but he's speaking about a life together with Jesus. If you want to live a life with Jesus, you, you need to calculate the cost. And sometimes we can almost feel tricked with Christianity. <laughs> because it is free to be saved. Salvation is a free gift. Jesus died on the cross paying the price for our sins so that we can receive a free gift of salvation. So in one way we're saying it's, a, it's free. It costs you nothing. But once you receive it and you want to keep it, it's like it costs you everything. So it's free, but it will cost you everything. How should, or Jesus trying to trick us into his kingdom? I don't know if he tries, it's good, you know, it's, it's, it's a good deal anyhow. So, but I think what he's giving us is an invest, investment opportunity. He is saying like, if, if you really want to find life, you should invest everything in me. Uh, people that is, is working with investment, they used to say, don't put all the eggs in one basket, right? Because if, if one is one fond is going down, you shouldn't have all of your eggs there, right? But Jesus says you should put all the eggs in one basket. You should give me all the eggs because if you give everything to me, you're going to find life. Go all in and you're going to build something that lasts. And I think that is, that is really when a Christian life is found. And I can testify about that. I remember how God was challenging me like crazy when I was 17 years old because I was trying to live in two worlds. I, was, I wanted Jesus and I wanted salvation and I wanted to go to heaven, but I also wanted a lot of other things. But I came to the point when I felt God really telling me, if you want to follow me, you need to do it with all of your heart. And that challenged me because I didn't want to surrender everything and then take it back. So I was hesitating. 
And I was counting the cost, knowing that if I take this decision, I'm going to come back different to my school. I'm not going to shy away when they ask if I'm a Christian any longer. I'm not going to, to, to pretend to live like some... No, I'm going to be solid. I'm going to be straightforward with what I'm standing for. And I'm ready to pay a cost. And I, I went all in with Jesus. And I decided I'm going to go all in, not holding anything back. And I've been trying to live that way for the last 17 years, half of my life. And I can tell you that so far as I've been walking, it's, it works. It works. The foundation is solid. And, and I, I've been reading a, a book by an old man. He was an old man already in the picture. The newest pictures I found of him was already old. It's Levi Petrus that was starting the, the Pentecostal movement in Sweden. And when he was a young man, there was this story when he was traveling to Norway. It's over 100 years ago and met with T.B. Barrett. He was the Pentecostal leader in Norway. And he came to him because he wanted to be taught about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And, and he came for prayer. And before uh, T.B. Barrett was praying for him, he said, I want to ask you these questions before I'm, if I should pray for you. He said, are you willing to go anywhere for Jesus? Are you willing to become anything for Jesus? Are you willing to do anything for Jesus? And the young Levi Petrus, he was, he was silent for a time and he was counting the cost and said, Yes, I'm willing. I want to go all in with Jesus. And this man was placing his hands on him, praying for him. And that started a change in his life. And he was establishing the, the Pentecostal movement in Sweden that is still around 100 years later. He was starting the Philadelphia church and the building, that building in the Great Depression is still standing. 100 years later he was starting so many things that stands why because he was counting the cost and he was putting all the eggs in one basket and he said i'm going all in with jesus so if you want to build something at last point number one you need to count the cost are you willing to put all your eggs in jesus all in with jesus that's if you don't understand the analogy Solid foundation is point number two. You need a solid foundation. In Matthew 7, 24, it's written that, Therefore, therefore and everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blow and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because it was built, uh, it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blow and beat against the house. And it's, uh, it fell with a great crash. So Jesus said it's two kind of people. There is wise people and there is foolish people. How many in here want to be a wise person? Look at all of these people. How many want to be a fool? No one. Okay, good, good. I'm happy. I's happy for that. But Jesus says there is, there, is, there is an option. You can choose. If you want to be wise, you need to first of all hear the word of God and you're putting it into practice. That means that if you don't put the word of God into practice, you're a fool. I'm not telling you Jesus is. He's calling you a fool. 
So if you want to be wise, you need to put the Word of God into practice. And what I think is that many Christians, even when they've been listening to a lot of the Word of God, they end up like a man like this. You're walking around with a blueprint, looking at what other people have built, pointing out their faults and what they should have done better. And they're having the blueprint. Are you with me? There's a lot of Christians that is walking around finding fault in what other people are building. Right? And, and, and they kind of know everything. And if you ask them, okay, so let me see what you have built. They can't answer you because they haven't built anything. You can know a lot, but if you not put it in, into practice, it will just puff you up. You will just be proud, full, and you're actually going to be a fool even though you know a lot. Are you with me? There's a lot of people that can tell you everything in Greek and in Hebrew, but they've never led anyone to salvation or to baptism in the Holy Spirit. There is a lot of people, you know, that can have, tell everything about prayer, but they're not praying. If you want to be wise, you need to put the Word of God into practice. Are you with me? And some of you, you came and you thought that I'm going to share you up on the graduation. Say that everything is well and go ahead and God is great. I'm not telling you that today. I'm telling you, you need to keep on practicing. You need to keep on building. Isn't that right? Because what use will you have it for, for, with a foundation if you're not building anything on it? You have no use for it. All right. Then... What is the good news is that the old thing works. Fasting works. Prayer works. The Word of God works. These simple things. Actually, I mean, you really need to go to Bible school, but in one way, you don't even need to go to Bible school. If you read the Bible every day, praying every day, fasting regularly, start to share your faith, I mean, you're fine. You're fine. If, if, if you, if you, witness is sitting here, she's upset with me now. She's like, they need to go to Bible school. If you lose all your notes from Bible school, but you keep on reading your Bible, praying, you'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. But if you can combine coming to Bible school and reading, oh, you're going to succeed in life. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be so good. Kobe Bryant, that was, yeah, some is already getting excited. That was... I mean the best, huh? He's unfortunately not alive any longer, uh, but that's not what we will speak about. He was, he was the best basket player. And, and I, I, I read this article with, with a journalist coming watching him, 2007. He came because he wanted to know his secret. He wanted to know how he was training and exercising. So, so, so he told the journalist, okay, come over, but you need to be there at four. In the morning and I was like really yes at four so four o'clock the journalist they came to the arena where Kobe was 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 practicing and when he came to the arena I thought Brian already sweaty because he was there before four he was already sweaty and he was now sitting just watching him and he did the most basic drills ever the journalist he got tired of watching him after an hour because he was like you doing the most elementarily uh, drills ever you're just doing the basics over and over again and he said how can you that is the best player in the world do these basic drills and he said why do you think I'm the best player in the world 
because I'm an expert on the basics. I'm doing it. I'm never get bored of doing the basics. And I think if you want to be a strong Christian, if you want to build a stable foundation, you don't need the newest, hippest, coolest things. You just need to do the old basic things. Praying, reading your Bible, fasting, sharing your faith. Because the old works. And and when I've been praying for this, for, this, um, for this service, I've been seeing something similar to this. I, it was not really like this. It's more like, more like a, this is an old foundation, probably super old. But I've been seeing like abandoned foundations. I've been, just been having this, this image in my mind when I've been praying. Abandoned foundations. I think that there is a lot of people, and maybe you're sitting here, and you, were, you started to build stable. You started to build something very solid. But you haven't finished the work. You have not kept, kept on building. You are laying a foundation, but that foundation has been abandoned and, and, and it's now standing. It starts to fall, you know, fall apart. Things is growing upon that foundation because you are not keeping on building. And I want to challenge everyone here today. If you want to build something that lasts, it's not, you cannot be down just with a foundation. You cannot live in a house if you just have the foundation. If the storm comes, you will... You, you will be taken by the storm. You need to keep on building. Maybe you came to Bible school many years ago. And you learn a lot of things. And actually you have all the foundation you need. But you have just stopped building. And, and I want to send that with all the students here today. If you're not keeping on building. You, you're not going to have something that lasts. You will just have a foundation. And I tell you that rain will, will make you wet. And that wind will blow in your hair. And I, I, I don't know what will happen. Uh, you need to keep on building. What is building? Do the basics. Keep on doing the basics. Number three. Build with quality. Paul here writes in 1 Corinthians 3 and 10. By the grace God has given me. It's much easier to drink when you have a translator. Because then no one will notice. But I'm sorry. Um, by the grace God has given me, and I love that first part because you need to build with the grace God has given you. You should not compare yourself with, with anyone else. You should not say, I, you know, you build with the grace and the gift that God has given you, not anyone else. With, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. And someone else is now building on it. He was building, you know, he was laying a foundation for other people to stand up on. You can be blessing someone else. If you build something that lasts you're putting a foundation for other people so they can go further than you but each one should build with care for no no one can lay any foundation other than the one who is already laid which is Jesus Christ Jesus need to be the foundation and if we go to first John 1 and 1 we can see that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and if that was too fast for some of you it means that Jesus he is the word of God that means that when you study the Bible you're studying Jesus and we know that Jesus is the foundation so are you with me that means that the word of God is the foundation for our faith 
It is not what I think as a pastor. It is not my experience as a pastor or my opinions I'm teaching. I need to teach the Word of God because it's the Word of God that is going to last. Jesus, He needs to be the foundation. And there is a problem if we start to mix up the foundation that we are building. I mean, nowadays you don't really build just upon a rock or on sand. You are, you are putting concrete in, right? And when you take concrete, you're mixing it with sand. And if you take too much sand, it's going to fall apart. What I try to tell you is that don't mix in too much of your own stuff. Because you're not, not building on your, your own foundation. You're not building what you, you think yourself. We need to build on Jesus. We need to build on the Word of God. Amen? That is going to give you a firm foundation. And Paul continues, he says that, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones. Can you see that? You need to keep on building on the foundation. It's not done with just the foundation. Um, wood, hay, or straw. Their work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Your work will be tested. What you are building is going to be tested. It's going to come a storm. And, and, and maybe you're sitting here and you feel like, ah, it's not a good message. No, I'm just telling you the truth. You will go through storms. Things will shake. It will be tested by fire. So it always comes back to what are you building with? Are you building with straw? I tell you, the fire is going to put it all in flames. If you are building with gold and costly stones, the fire is not going to take it. It's going to be refined by the fire, cleansed by the fire, but it's not going to burn down. You need to build with quality. You need to give, build with excellence. You need to build with your heart in it. We don't give God the, you know, the overflow. We don't give God the tips, you know, like, no, we're giving God our best. We're giving Him ourselves. We're putting our all our eggs into one basket because we know that with Christ we are safe you can build a life that lasts when everything shakes around you and I think that the time we're living in there is a lot of shaking taking place and you will discover at times wow there is a lot of cracking noises in what I've been building strengthen it change it you know build it stronger because you will need it in the days that we are living in Verse 14 says, um, if, it has, uh, if what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Even if it burned up, the builder will suffer loss but will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. So with other words, it says that even if everything that you've been building is burnt up, you will still be saved. Why? Because the foundation you are built upon is Jesus Christ. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are going to make it into heaven because He is the foundation. And that foundation is never going to burn. That, that is a foundation that is going to last. Heaven and earth will disappear, the scripture says, but my words will never disappear. It's 
it's an eternal rock it's an eternal foundation so you just believing surrendering your life to Jesus that is your assurance that you're going to spend eternity with Christ but he wants to reward you according to the work that you have done we're not working to achieve or to reach salvation we have been saved and we're working from salvation out of gratitude to what God has done in our lives and you can build with costly stones you can build with riches you can build something beautiful to the glory of God amen we need to put the word into practice and I want to end with a, with a, with a story of a former Bible school student and I've been telling it a few years back on, on an Easter but I, I, I want to tell it again because it's it's, it's one of the most beautiful stories I know. Um, we had this Bible school student coming from Norway. And he had been a sniper. He had been stationed in, in many wars in Africa. Uh, he'd been yeah, stationed in over nine different wars. He'd been, been a military for 18 years. And he'd been killing a lot of people. He'd been killing people with a sniper. He'd been killing people in, in close combat. And he came back to Norway and he was a mess. He was living out in, in a cabin and he felt like life is over. He was just a mess. He, I have nothing else to live for. But someone was start to reach out to him with the love of Christ and with the gospel. And slowly something started to melt inside of him. And he understood that he could be forgiven. And he met with Jesus. And Jesus started to change his life. And he actually came here for a year, came to Bible school. Um, you know, God did so much in his life, and and he had he still had a daughter. He hadn't had contact with her for years, but he he started to work on that relationship, and that relationship was being restored. And eventually, that daughter even moved home, living with his dad. And she was she was the reason he was living. You know, like he had nothing else. He was like, I'm I'm living for my daughter. It was the joy of his life. But one. One weekend, her boyfriend took her to a cabin that they had up in the mountains in Norway. And they were out in a cabin, and they were drinking too much, and they were out driving a snowmobile. And he was, she was sitting behind him on a snowmobile, and they hit straight into a tree. And she died right away. Right away. He survived, but she died. And Eric, with the background he had, he was deciding, I'm going to take revenge on her. I'm going to take this boy's life. And when they had a funeral, it was a packed Lutheran church in Norway. You know, the, like we have in Sweden, the state church. It was packed with people. She was a young girl, a lot of friends. And Eric was sitting with his uniform on. And he'd been telling this story after. And he said, that, um, I was deciding, I'm going, I'm going to take his life after, after, the, after the funeral. And his friends was there also with a uniform on. And he said, don't do anything in church. Don't touch him while we are in church. And then in the end, they were standing at, up beside the, the, the coffin. And they were saying a last farewell. Eric was standing on one side. And this man was standing on the other side. And, and then he heard a voice on his inside. A voice that he had learned to follow. Saying, haven't I forgiven you? How, how, how many lives have you been taking? Have, haven't I forgiven you? You must forgive him. And Eric was walking around that, co that coffin and he was taking out his arms and he was hugging, hugging that boy and he was crying.
And everyone in the church was crying. And I said, I forgive you. From this day on, you are like a son to me. I love you. I forgive you. I hold nothing against you. And the whole church was crying. Why? Because Eric was practicing the word of God. He was practicing what he had been learned. What God told him. There is, there is a lot of forces in this, in this world. There is a lot of powers. There is a lot of things. But there is something that lasts. And that is what we learn from the word of God. And one of the things is forgiveness. And, and the Bible instructs us that we need to forgive as we have been forgiven. Maybe you're here in this place and you have never ever taken a decision to follow Jesus. And you wonder what is Christianity all about. I think we could summarize it and say it's forgiveness. Uh, we all, we want to follow the word of God. We want to live by a high standard. But we've all been failing too. We've all failed and we're all in need of grace. And, and the only thing you really need to be saved is humility. To say that I have failed. I need forgiveness. Jesus, come and save me. And in the end of every service like this, we want to pray with everyone that want, are longing for salvation. And are longing to meet with Jesus. And are longing to put all of your eggs in one basket and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Can we stand up together? Maybe you're here in this place today and you came with a friend or you've been in church many times before, but you have never been taking the step to surrender your life to Jesus. You have never asked him to be your savior. You have never made him the Lord of your life. Today you can do that. And that is the start of a journey to build something that will last beyond this life. Because Jesus says that it's written in, in John 3 and 16 that for God so loved the world he loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son Jesus Christ to die upon the cross because everyone who believes in him shall not perish but will be saved because when Jesus died on that cross he paid a price for your sins and my sins everything you're ashamed of everything you regret everything you you don't want anyone to know about he died for you so that you could live for him and he is in his place and he's ready to forgive you he's ready to wipe away all the sins you have ever done and give you a new start in life if you're here, I tell you, don't wait another day. Don't hesitate any longer. Today is the day of salvation. Today you can take a decision to follow Jesus and make him the Lord of your life. So I would like everyone to just close your eyes for a moment. And I'm going to count to three. And on the, on the count of three, you shoot up your right hand if you want to pray a salvation prayer. And receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So make your hand ready if you're standing up on the balcony, even if you're sitting in the back of this room, wherever you are, you make your hand ready if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. One, two, three. Then you raise up your right hand and wave to me. Beautiful. Just keep it up. Keep it up. I see three clear hands. Anyone else that want to pray this prayer, just wave to me. Just keep it up. Good. Beautiful. Beautiful. I see three clear hands that want to pray this prayer. Now I want the whole church to pray with our precious friends that are coming here today. We do this that everyone in the church, we close our eyes and we lift up our face towards a God that loves us. And then we all say, Jesus. Can the whole church say, Jesus. Forgive me my sins. I turn to you today. And I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died upon a cross and I believe that you rose from the grave and I believe that you are alive today. 
Today I receive your forgiveness. Today I receive a new start. Today I receive your grace. Holy Spirit, move into my life. I want to be a Jesus disciple. From this day on, Amen, 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 Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, for you that raised the hand, me or someone in my team will come over to you with a gift after a service. And if we can't find you, please find us. And we have a small gift and would love to connect with you and just tell you about the first steps together with Jesus. All right, church, we will soon pray for our students. Uh, but before that, can we worship with, with, with a song together? And I feel like uh, I, I'm longing to worship. I believe that something special will take place today. I believe that God is going to meet with you. I believe that, that God is going to speak to you because you can build something that lasts. Can we lift up our hands together? Father, I thank you. I thank you for everyone that are here today. I pray that never, not one single person will leave the same. I thank you, Father, that 